Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. There is a bar that is uh, trying something different. They've raised the minimum age for entry to 30. Wow. It seems like a questionable uh, business strategy. Right. But a lot of older adults are celebrating the place. Um, one person said all the 30-year-olds are like, uh, this is the promised land. <laughs> another said, I know it hurts now, but when you're 30, you'll understand. And yet another said, that seems nice. I bet the bathrooms are clean. Right. Music a little quieter, maybe. Perhaps. Not the uh, obnoxious 20-somethings, I guess, driving the older people crazy or taking over the club. And uh, so one uh, young woman said she got turned around at the bar and, and was uh, not allowed entry when she showed her ID and she was like 27. And she said, all right, I like the policy. And in a few years, I'll enjoy hanging out there. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I You know, listen, there, probably there's something to it. You know, sometimes when you're, uh, when you're out and, you're, uh, and it's getting a little later, and you've ever been in a, a restaurant where all of a sudden it just turns from like, well, this was a nice place to <laughs> the pub slash club. Yeah, all of a sudden there's a riot on the dance floor. Right. You're like, I was just enjoying chicken wings and a cold pint. How did this turn so quickly? Yeah. I, you know, we had that once. We were out with some friends and, and you know, I think we had dinner and then we were just, you know, kind of stopping and look, looking for a place to just go have another uh, pint. And we walked in and it was... It was like the scene from the original Police Academy with the, the Blue Oyster Bar. Mm. Like, like you walk in, the, immediately like the horns are going, the music's happening, and and like instantly felt I don't belong here. <laughs> this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> it's just crazy. In another example of Lucky and his ability <laughs> to recall the most mundane facts, da, 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 da. how you're able to pull out of your ass the name of a bar from a police academy right. in the early 80s. That's, that's, it's the amazing. Blue What's Oyster the, Bar. The Blue Oyster Bar. I, I couldn't even remember the name outside of Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even remember a cast member or the plot. I don't know their name. Well, Hightower. What was his? Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't remember Bob his Smith. I think I don't know. Is that his like real that. name? Yeah, the Blue Oyster Bar. Uh huh. You don't remember it? You, no, I barely remember the movie. Really? You would be great at, at like that kind of trivia on a well, trivia I, night. If somebody said in a bar on a trivia night, right? What's the name of the bar in the first place? Nobody else but you would get that. <laughs> Even Steve Gutenberg would be like, I, I don't remember that. I am a fountain of useless information. With that, with the movie stuff, you are. Yeah. It's very interesting. Well, well, when you watch I, the same movie over well, and over. That's probably. It. I've probably seen that movie. You know. Uh, 20 times or a wow. dozen times, right? And that's probably the case. Yeah, I don't rewatch stuff as much as you do. I also remember that, that as being one of the the first kind of adult comedies mm. I was allowed to watch, mm -hmm. right? You know, I think of a lot of... Uh, you look back at it now, it is almost innocent in what the humor was. Mm -hmm. You know, Commandant Lassard is standing at the podium. And, Again, yes, the I know. You just pull out of nowhere. I know. I just thought about that one actually, and uh, and yeah, there's a girl <laughs> underneath the podium, right? <laughs> Can you redo the whole script? Can you reenact the whole film? Not the off whole the top thing. Of your head? Not the whole thing because I'd confuse it with uh, probably some of the other police academies. I, uh, I I do have friends who can sit and uh, mimic, uh, if mimic's the right word, or read along with or recite. All the lines from Spinal Tap and Godfather. Right. 
Yeah. Others who can do Scarface. Now, probably in my history of watching movies, there's probably three or four that I have seen numerous times, Scarface and Godfather being two of them. But, yeah, most movies, they kind of come and go, and I... But, yeah, you, you've got like a dozen that you right. just rotate through. Yeah. Like, I could direct The Fugitive at this point. <laughs> But again, I, so I, what I, is the what is the enjoyment of rewatching them over and over I don't and know over? It's an enjoyment. It's just, again for me. It's if I've got twenty minutes, yeah. instead of I can't start something new and pause it. Mm, that okay. annoys the hell out of me. All right, right. And so instead, I'll just say, "Hey, what's on?" Ah, Police Academy's on, and I'll watch twenty minutes of it. <laughs> or The Fugitive. I'll watch. You know, ah, it's the end of The Fugitive. I know what's going to happen, Yeah, but I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to watch that. Rather than watching, you know, 15 minutes of Peaky Blinders and pausing it there and then trying to get back into it later. See, it's even funny that you, if you have 15 or 20 minutes, which is such a small amount of time right. to spare, right. like that you would actually go, oh, i got 20 minutes here, I'm going to watch TV. Right. Like, if you had somewhere to be, why wouldn't you just leave early? Right. Well, because I don't, what am I going to do there? That's oh, a funeral. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, I'm dead. What does it matter? How was your evening last night? Uh, it was all right. I took the kids bowling, which is uh, something we haven't done in a very wow. long time. Where did that come from? Well, I mean, it's just they, they've been doing nothing mm. for, for so long. It's the last week of summer, basically, before school starts. And the weather sucked yesterday. Where it was just, you know, right. a lot of meh. So we were looking for something to do inside. And so not too far from us is a bowling alley and uh, an arcade and stuff. And so we went and did that. Five pin, ten pin? Five pin. Uh, I, I took them to school early. I dominated. I was I was, uh, was a little behind early. Mm-hmm. And then Evan started to get cocky. And then uh, the strike started to roll in for me. Um, I don't know that I could spend two minutes with the alpha males in your house. Right. Doing any kind of sporting thing. Right. So, yeah. So the two of you must just get no it's obnoxiously about, annoying. No, we need to beat each other. Well, yes, there, there 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 is some annoyance going on, but it's more in 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 uh, in his need to succeed and my need to teach him a lesson <laughs> <laughs> about humility <laughs> and patience. <laughs> That's basically what it boiled down to. Um. I have not been in a bowling alley in a very long time, uh, and I know that they certainly have changed over the years, much like pool halls. There used to be, a, when I was growing up, a, a bowling alley slash pool hall, which was just the seediest place I had ever stepped yeah. foot in. I mean, now they're all very family-friendly and clean and, and all of that, but it used to just be an opium den. It would just be a place where drug deals went down. And bad things happened. I was trying to, uh, it's funny, the conversation turned later on in the evening to smoking sections mm. and, you know, bowling alleys. I remember that particular bowling alley being one where behind each lane was like a glass box over the table mm. and you could stand there and smoke. And I, I presume that that vent at the top of the box would kind of sweep some of that smoke away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's amazing how... Air quality and lighting have improved <laughs> in those settings because you're right. Like I remember pool halls just being so dark mm-hmm. all the time because you had the lights just over top of the tables everywhere and then just smoke everywhere. Oh yeah. But but explaining to the boys how you know there were at one point you know smoking and non-smoking sections of restaurants and airplanes, which is such a 
a ridiculous concept. Theaters. Back ten rows of yeah. a theater you could smoke in. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's all changed. That that fun has gone the way of the dodo bird. Right. It's much like the bingo halls. There used to be the time that the uh, smoking cage was uh, just, you'd look in and it was just like steam. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like someone had just taken a shower in there for all right. the uh, cigarette smoke. Yeah, well, man. And, well, because at one point it was just open. You smoke anywhere, right? Yeah. And and uh, and those who didn't smoke just put up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they started dying off and said, oh, hang on a second. But then they started, like, sectioning off the smokers. I remember, you know, when I was in college visiting a radio station, um, that, you know, they had a, a smoker's, I guess, lounge? Like, it was part of just the the gathering social jocks area. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I used and, to hang out that lounge all the time. <laughs> but it was just, it was literally like a glass box. Yeah. <laughs> just in the that... corner of the room where, like, six people could fit into it and just haul on butts. Oh, yeah. And and it wasn't that long ago. No. I, I mean, I was shocked when I got there to find that that thing even existed. Because there was a big, beautiful patio just outside. outside. You're right. That yeah. Nobody ever went on. Steps away from it. And in the dead of summer, people would be in that box. <laughs> No, I know. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was almost like a little, a little cell, like a prison yeah. cell, off the side, like a. If you picture like the Hannibal Lecter box yeah. without the holes, because you couldn't have the smoke come through. So it was literally it, ridiculous. Man, it, how crazy! I just remember seeing it, going, "How crazy would it be to sit here and watch some people just like a yeah. cloud of smoke inside there?" Yeah. That was a unique building too, because that whole area, that whole lounge area, was just massive. Yeah, it was couches and oh, video games, pool tables, and pool games. foosball. Yeah, Listen, yeah. that 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 was part of the the love of radio for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to work here. That's all gone now. Anyhow, yeah, you know, and even when uh, when we went down to um, to Windsor, uh, Michigan, still uh, had uh, you you were allowed to smoke. Yes, yeah. so they'd still have, but they'd have smoking and non-smoking sections. But it'd be funny because you go to a restaurant. And you'd walk in, and immediately you would you could s- smell the cigarette smoke, and and they'd say, "Do you want smoking or non-smoking?" You go non-smoking, and literally the difference was like a plastic tree. Right. You know, there'd be a table, <laughs> some fake shrubbery, <laughs> and then the other table was smoking. Originally, it was a real tree. It yeah. didn't survive. Are you uh, a fan of the show The Goldbergs? It's going into its uh, tenth season, a sitcom on ABC, and uh, if you remember. A year or so ago, uh, Jeff Garland, who's also a part of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and is returning to uh, another season of that show. But he was uh, canceled out of uh, the Goldbergs. He played the dad, Murray, amid allegations of inappropriate behavior on the set. And at the time, he said he was sorry to have hurt anyone's feelings or made anybody feel greatly uncomfortable. But that wasn't good enough, and so he was gone. So in the last season or so, they've uh, just had like a stand-in when they shoot a scene where Murray's supposed to be in it to kind of just get the back of some guy's oh, head. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they kind of played it off like that because he got fired like mid-season too. So uh, this season, though, they are definitely done with him because Murray Goldberg is dead. Wow. Yeah, the, uh, the family says... Killed him off. They killed him off for inappropriate behavior. And... Um, and they're not going to really even deal with it because they the, the way they're going to write it is the he died, uh, you know, kind of a while back, and now they've just moved on. So there'll be some reference reference to him, but it won't be like he died. Here's a big dramatic moment right. when they're at his funeral or anything, you know. Huh. So yeah, they are done with him. Tom Hanks must need the money. He's got a side hustle going on. 
He's uh, made a trivia game for Apple Arcade called Hank's 101 Trivia. Okay. And no, not all the questions are about Tom himself, but rather history, science, food, art, technology, about 58,000 questions. Is he on camera for this, or is it just his voice? He says it's just narrating the game. So it's interesting, because didn't he, he had his brother narrate stuff, like all the... Uh, the toys for yeah. Toy Story. He's got more time on his hands now. <laughs> he was he was giving that game to his brother, so now he's taking this one out. Yeah. You know, the movie business is interesting because, like with the Elvis movie, where Tom Hanks was just in as Colonel Parker, you know, the story that they were like in Australia or New Zealand filming stuff, and Tom got, in the early days of COVID, got it. When yeah, he was, he was like filming the first, this movie. one of the first celebrities to get it. That's right. Like, all that effort, the money spent, and then all the um, promo that was put into promoting this Elvis movie, and the talk of the, the guy, Austin, I can't remember his last name yeah. now, uh, that had the guy that played Elvis, how, you know, it was an Oscar-winning performance. Literally was in the theater, it seemed like, for a week. Like, I think it's gone now from, from most theaters. <laughs> you can buy it, like, online. You can stream, stream it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, man, all that effort. Like, movies, there was a time if a movie was really big and it would get released, like, it would be in the theater for, like, months and months and months, and people would go back and see it many times over. Right. But, man, you, you get your opening weekend now, and that is gone it. already? I don't, I don't know. I went to look uh, in the listings. Yeah. Because Marie and I were going to go see it one night. And this was, I think, even before we went away. And uh, it was down to, like, one showing at 10 o'clock at night. Really? Which means it's basically done. Yeah. And I'm not going out at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you your mind? <laughs> even if Elvis came back to life and performed live. <laughs> I'm still not going out at 10 o'clock at night to even see that. Anyhow, uh, Tom will uh, narrate the game, and you can play solo or compete head-to-head with other players. Do you have Apple Arcade? If you don't, it's it's for Apple product, of course, so on your iPhones, iPads, iMacs, or Macs, and Apple TV. Four ninety nine a month Aye. if you want to play along with Tom. It looks like they're try- now trying to cancel Chris Rock. First we canceled Will Smith, now Chris Rock, and it's apparently because of a joke he made about Nicole Brown Simpson. Now, we talked about this yesterday. When he was uh, performing in Phoenix, he admitted to the audience that the Oscars had approached him to host next year, and he said, no, no thanks. He said it would be like returning to the scene of the crime. And that in itself probably would have been good enough, could have left it at that. But then he went on to to make some uh, reference to it being like uh, O.J. and Nicole and how... Had Nicole gone back to the restaurant to get her glasses, and it was really offside. You can't compare a slap in the face to a, a woman being murdered. No. So, uh, of course, people on Twitter, right at him, yeah. trying to cancel Chris. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, he, it, it is, is a, a horrible joke. It's just a really bad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a guy as smart as Chris Rock. Right. You know. So people on Twitter saying, well, the more Chris talks, the more uh, we're beginning to see why Will Smith smacked him. <laughs> but there's been some uh, criticizing as well. People saying that everyone was on Chris's side when he insulted a black woman, but now that he's taking aim at a dead white woman, it's unacceptable. So people will play the race card anytime they right. can. Yeah, well, listen, sometimes there's just there's too much voice for opinion now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you don't like. The, if you used to be, if you didn't like the joke, you just said, ah, I didn't like that joke. And you yeah. don't, don't, maybe you don't listen. You cancel them for yourself, but now you want to cancel them for everybody. For everybody, and we might have to uh, hold uh, some sort of um, uh, telethon, or maybe a, maybe we got to get together and give uh, Leo DiCaprio a, a big hug. He might need it because uh, he's single again. <laughs> 
know. Was he was he attached at some point? He was dating the same woman for the last four years. Oh. In a shocking turn of events, a model. Right. She just turned 25, so maybe she's uh, too old for him now. <laughs> I mean, she was like 21 when they started dating. And he's 47. Yeah. And, and listen, everybody, Leo. Everybody. Yeah. You know, if we could, we would. Well, listen, at his level of, of celebrity and, and fame, he basically can live like a 19-year-old. Yep. You know, with a ton of dough. Right, like, what does he do? He does a movie every couple of years, and then hangs out at yachts and resorts and dates models. Yeah, that, that's his life. Yeah, it's a good resume. <laughs> what have you been doing the last couple of years, Leo? Dating models. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's another ten million dollars for a movie. Yeah, I mean, there is, of course, I I say, you know, who wouldn't? But there is a side of me that I think, even if I was a single guy. I, there would be some embarrassment level. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so if I got divorced now, my kids are in their 20s, and I go and I introduce them to my new girlfriend, and she's younger than them. <laughs> I I always think about meeting their father. Yeah. Right? Like, what does Al Pacino say? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's in his 80s, right? His girlfriend yeah. is, is she 30? Like, might be 30-ish. Right. And then, you know, so her parents are still younger. They're my age. <laughs> but she, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me come out of the bedroom. Hoo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Being a pilot or certainly anybody working in the airlines, uh, when I was at the airport recently and when we took off for our vacation, I had not stepped foot into Pearson uh, for a very long time. And it's, at the best of times, a tough gig dealing with uh, the general public in any situation. But dealing with people in flights, we, we get either it's because we're nervous about flying or the only people who can fly are, are self-entitled uh, Karens. Uh, I don't know. But, man, people just lose their mind uh, at anything and start yelling and screaming. Now, I didn't see any of that in the airport myself, thankfully, but certainly we've seen a lot of videos of it. So... Going to work every day and sitting behind that counter checking people in and, 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 and on that flight dealing with people for hours on end. It's not like in a restaurant where you know you might have a, a bad customer at your table, but he's there for a meal and gone. On a flight, they're there for sometimes up to 12 or 13 hours, you right. know, and you're just stuck with them. Anyhow, I guess a pilot had finally had enough of something that's been going on for a little while now on flights where people are doing these naked photos over airdrop. You know, just sending naked photos of themselves to other people on the plane. Oh. And a Southwest pilot got on the intercom and threatened to turn the plane around if people didn't stop acting like idiots <laughs> and stop sending nudes to other people on the flight. These are growing adults doing this. They hadn't even gotten up in the air, and it had already started. Wow. It's not like the, the bar cart had, you know, had already been out for an hour. Right. They had just sat down. Their seatbelts were still on. How the hell they got their photo pants down and yeah. photos of their junk. But anyhow, they're on the tarmac. He threatened to turn around and go back to the gate, make everyone deplane. And then he said, basically, I'll ruin your whole vacation. I don't care. So they, uh, I guess they stopped. They wanted to get to Cabo or wherever the hell they were going. Goodness. And, uh, yeah. I think part of the problem with the airport is that people are expecting a bad experience. Like they're 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 on edge. As you say, some of them on edge because they don't like to fly, or they're just you know uh, they just want to get there. They're mm -hmm. nervous and, and excited. 
But for many who are there on a regular basis, they're just expecting it to be a harrowing experience. Mm-hmm. And and when there's <laughs> when those expectations are confirmed yeah. by lineups and weights and uh, and staff that are you know for the most part doing their job. Mm-hmm. I recently had to pick someone up at the airport, and you know it, it's interesting because now you have this like you have like a cell phone waiting lot, mm-hmm. right? That you can go to and basically just stop there. And wait for, I think it used to be just a taxi line, but now you can go into it and wait, and when you get the call, go meet them. But that's not good enough for some people. They oh, want to no. they want to stop at the gate, basically, mm-hmm. and wait there. Pull up on the tarmac. <laughs> why, why can't I, I stop here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all along, like the 409 going in, uh, there, you'll see people just stopped on the the shoulder of the highway yeah. because they're stopping and waiting there. And so, you know, security has to come and just put the blinkers, the flashers on and, and move these people along because it's dangerous mm-hmm. to have people parked on the shoulder of the highway. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a terrible place to be. And it was at one time, I mean, such an amazing experience. You know, you'd go to the airport and everybody was chill. Everybody was dressed nice and everybody, you know, got... The, the meal on the flight and the drinks and all of that and it was a real luxury kind of thing and it's it's just like for for the most part now I find being at the airport is just like a, a greyhound bus in the air. I can't imagine you know the amount of airport staff that have to deal with people not only who are upset or being belligerent but are filming it because they want to try and get something out of the company or get a response on social media. Yeah. You know, it's just they're they're taking it to another level because they want the publicity, even though their actions are just as poor. Yeah, you, you know, even in uh, when you get to the other side, when you land and you go to say a resort, I've, I've been looking at some places recently, and I have not been to an all-inclusive resort in a very long time, and uh, a lot of them just aren't doing it much anymore. A lot of them have gone to like a la carte service where yeah, you get to check in, and if you want. If you want to have an open bar, okay, you're going to pay a little extra for right. that. Yeah. If you want, you know, meals included, it's, it's another uh, because, fee. Because you can't please everybody anymore. Oh, no, and, and because people have turned into absolute morons. Yeah. And I think a lot of resorts are like, this is not meant to be a nightclub where you can be barfing all over the place. Right. Well, and on the flip side, there are people who are complaining because I don't want to have that many drinks and I don't want to pay for them all. Right. Right. Like, it's just the effort... Mm-hmm. In the hospitality industry, to be hospitable yeah. is very difficult. Yeah. So if you want it now, you pay for it, and uh, and that's basically the drill. There's some places even charging you like to to go in the pool. You want to use the pool? What? You're gonna pay a fee for that as well. Imagine taking your family on a vacation. Kids <laughs> like, hey, Dad, can we go in the pool? No, we no, didn't pay that we fee. We didn't pay for that part. <laughs> you sit in the chair and watch the other kids swim. <laughs> Twenty-five years ago today. Princess Diana passed away, and it's one of those deaths that we, uh, for many of us, we can remember where we were and how we heard the news. Waking up on that, uh, it was a weekend morning, I remember, because we had friends staying over, and just got up in the morning and turned on the TV, and there it was, and uh, just watching it all unfold over the, uh, the the following weeks and months, and certainly just like leading up to their marriage and all the coverage the funeral was uh, exactly the same. People that the day of the funeral getting up and watching all day long. Yeah, I I think it was it happened right around midnight. I think our time, mm-hmm. um, late night. Because I remember uh, I was at university, um, <laughs> literally at a bar. <laughs> go figure. 
and uh, and saw the news. I think just as I was getting home, but I I called my parents right away because I know they had a, a you know real my mom especially a love affair with the the royal family. Mm. Um, and it was just one of those shocking you know where you were moments. Yeah, for sure. There's been a ton of documentaries uh, as of late uh, because of the 25th anniversary, and so with that you see a lot of footage from back then, and you forget, but you soon realize once again what an unbelievably man-child Charles was. Right. Like, just such a spoiled little baby. The fact that she got all that attention, he just hated it. The fact that he had always been in the spotlight. What do you expect, dude? You married this unbelievably beautiful woman who only got more beautiful as the years rolled on. And you, with your dumb, big, floppy ears, think that uh, the whole world should keep smiling on you. Nobody cared about you anymore, and he could not take it. He right. absolutely hated well, it. Well, I mean, it was obviously, it's a life of entitlement that you, yeah. know, you would never know uh, what it's like to be that entitled mm-hmm. uh, to everything. Literally entitled. He was given titles. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, if you get the chance, there's uh, there's been a bunch of different stuff. Netflix has a thing called The Princess right now. It's a really good documentary on her life from the moment she met him to the day she died 25 years ago today. And, of course, at the funeral, we all remember this. And do you know that he was only performed that version, of course, Candle in the Wind, which was originally about Marilyn Monroe, but he reworked it to be about Diana. Only ever performed it, of course, at her funeral. And it is the second biggest selling single in history, right behind Bing Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Wow. Just from that one performance. That performance, like, you know, just to show you what a performer is mm-hmm. like, like under that scrutiny, that spotlight, with yeah. that emotion, yeah, to pull that off. <laughs> I'll never forget Keith Richards' comment on on all of it. He said, "Oh, there's just Elton singing about another dead blonde chick." <laughs> <laughs> Keith Richards, always classy. Rock mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky, ninety four nine, The Rock.